the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. I promise if you listen to the show, you're going to get a blend of financial planning, investment news, and your questions answered regarding important issues to you, economically speaking. Maybe it's how much should you put in your 401k. Maybe it's how much money do I need to until I retire. Let's talk a little bit about 2016. The market is ringing in the new year with a thud. So much for a happy start to the new year. Happy New Year! Maybe socially it was, but not so much on Wall Street today. Um, a 6.9% drop in China's Shanghai Composite followed in the wake of both the official manufacturing purchasing managers index and some readings sh- checking in below 50 for December. A number below 50 shows contraction. A number above 50 shows expansion. Basically, every world economy is doing something along those lines to make the economic data easy to read and to understand. So when you see numbers under 50, typically bad thing. Unless you want some slowdown, a pause that refreshes. A down market does not mean a bear market that's going to wipe out all the wealth in the world. A down market may be a reflection of, wow, we've had six good years, kind of a sideways year. Now we may need to stop and like digest some of that. Markets move up 7 out of 10 years. So in theory, we got 2 out of the next 3 that may not go up. And that's okay, as long as you're not in retirement today. But let's talk about the new year. Um, We're not starting on the best of notes. The seasonality trade um, of the Santa Claus rally, which is the last 5 days of the year and the first 2 of the new year, has only given us a big old lump of coal so far with the S&P 500 dropping 1% over the last five trading days of 2015, and then opening up pretty weak in 2016. Um, What we're seeing is a lot of stress in China. China's slowing down, and you know what? China's going to fail in the short term, because a lot like the United States with what we did in 2000 to 2006 was we lowered the cost of money after 9-11, and we encouraged people to buy homes that shouldn't buy homes. 
and it created a borrowing frenzy. And people were like, wow, this is great. My house went up 10%. I'm going to take some money out and go buy a BMW. And then the housing market tightened up. The labor market tightened up. And a lot of the, the loans that were given to people that shouldn't have been given loans kind of fell apart. And the banks were, you know, not puzzled, but they were holding a, a, a whole bunch of crappy loans. So that's worth mentioning in, you know, some of the basics of what we're talking about at the start of this year. China has a similar situation where you can go back to the Olympics, and China didn't want to embarrass themselves. They want it to become, uh, when they did the Summer Olympics many years ago, they want it to be a, a world destination. They want it to be economically first class, seen as a real capitalist or business environment instead of the socialist slash communist environment that we would kind of accepted them as for 100 plus years. So the focal point of today will probably be China's disappointing manufacturing ratings. China is going to struggle because they've given loans that they shouldn't have given uh, tied towards property. But it's a lot like the United States back in the 1920s and 30s. Capitalism was good, but we still got ourselves into problems, and we still got ourselves into market crashes and market you know, uh, down periods of time. So 2016 begins on a defensive note. It does not begin on a you're going to lose all your money note. It begins on a defensive note. And I think that's pretty important to like think about for just a second and acknowledge and not you know panic um, because I think that will get yourself into trouble. I've been doing – financial media for almost 20 years. Um, I worked in Wall Street. And I, I, I did the whole start my own business investment advisory. Um, I've tied myself into the financial planning world because I think a financial planner is really the way to go. Um, you have to have a plan and you're learning that today. Stretched valuations on the stock market over the years along with a narrowing level of participation in the advance um, along with, you know, just a handful of heavily weighted stocks like Apple and Nike and Facebook and Amazon and Netflix and Alphabet, which is formerly Google. You know, those six stocks have rocked the world, as, as has Disney, and it's a market-weighted index, Dow is. And if those companies have a good year, the indexes could have a good year, or they could mask what should be a bad year just by having a sideways year. Apple slipping. Down 21% from its all-time high. Um, Apple's weakness proves to be a big restraint on the market, you know, uh, because it's such a big, large company, $700 billion. It's tough to get grow that on a market. Someone would argue that Apple was added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average a little late to the party, after it already had a massive run-up. Apple, for its part, as you know, losing its mojo, eh, I think that story's a little, you know, it's got a low valuation. Yes, they're probably going to ship their iPhone 7 earlier than the typical September, October time frame so that they continue to show year-over-year growth in phones. And yes, it is financial engineering, but the earnings and the revenue are real. The revenue's not growing gangbusters. And yeah, they're going to have problems down the road as, as again, all technology does. Technology gets... Um, uh, you know, smaller, faster, cheaper on a regular basis. Like, do you remember your TV? For a while, they would get you with like, oh, it's a 17-inch. And then they'd go, you know, for $100 more, you can get a 20-inch, 25-inch, 30-inch, 35-inch, 40-inch. And they'd always raise the price. But a year or two later, that price would go down. So once they got to 50 inches, they were like, uh-oh, 
we better change this. Now we're going to start doing you know, skinny TVs. Um, a skinny TV at 27 inch, skinny TV at 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. And they're like, uh oh, what's going to, you know, cause us, what, how are you going to get a premium for this? And they started adding more technology into it with 4K and high definition. It's, it's the way technology is. Um, to, it's always smaller, cheaper, faster. So anyway, I'm digressing a bit. Let the market do what the market's going to do. There's nothing you can do about it at this point in time. You should have a shopping list. You should look at it as a discounting mechanism and not as, oh, no, my 401k is going to go to zero. I better get out now. US is, the U.S. economy is fine. We're not great. We're fine. Can things get worse from here? Absolutely. Are there too many people saying real estate always goes up that, that are, are financially stupid? Absolutely. Um, real estate needs wage growth. So there's a lot going on. There's some pieces that you just got to start like thinking about and calming down. You want to take a look at the borrowing cost. Yeah, there is a shift with higher interest rates this year. And in theory, we could, um, we could see interest rates, you know, move up, you know, two to three, maybe four times this year. And, um, that's something the market would have to digest. Um, because higher interest rates mean higher borrowing costs. Um, low interest rates mean low borrowing costs. Low borrowing costs means take on additional speculation. Now, again, we're still at, you know, very, very low levels on interest rates. Anytime the 10-year Treasury bond is under 35 to 4%, I buy stocks. Even if stocks are going lower, I'm buying stocks. Now, when I'm 60 and I need to live off this money, live off this nest egg, I will have a different opinion. But until then, you're accumulating wealth. As you hit 55, you need to start thinking, uh-oh, what if we do have a two- or three-year period of down markets? I'm not calling for that. I'm saying we're starting off the year on a weak level. We'll see where we go. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. Email me, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Take a break here. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. In order to accomplish your financial goals, you need a financial plan. Part of this show is bringing together experts who could help you with a financial plan. Sometimes it'll be tied towards investment news that you may misuse. Sometimes it's going to be tied towards interest rates and how they may affect your home value or not. And sometimes it's going to be with a financial planner who can give you insights into what you need to know so as not to buy costly product and get kind of manhandled or misused and, and then have a bad taste left in your mouth. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. He's with New Focus Financial. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. I've worked with him for I almost want to say 20 years, but let's say 16-plus years. How are you, Mr. Burton? I'm great, Rob. How are you? I'm well. Happy New Year. You too. <laughs> Can you feel the love? It, you just, um, yeah. Uh, you, know, I, you, you know how my New Year started, right? 
Yes. Uh, your New Year started with some unexpected expenses. There you go. No furnace in the house on New Year's Eve. Starting New Year's Eve, transmission in the car goes bad the next day. So, and and you know, start off the day with a nice market correction. It's it, it always comes in threes now. So I'm getting it all out of the way at the beginning of the year. I don't look at market corrections as bad as long as you're not in retirement and as long as you have a financial plan. I look at it as a discounting mechanism. I hope other people start to think that way so they kind of lose that stock market is evil thing going on and look at it as market goes up seven out of ten years. We've gone up for six. Then we went sideways one. Maybe we get a little hangover, but then again, it's a discounting mechanism. Maybe it's time to buy some of your favorite ideas, some of your favorite indices um, on a market correction. Yeah, and there's. Some, I mean, I think there'd be some interesting values if we get a couple months into this year, maybe midway. I mean, you've seen a huge drop in, in many industrials and many commodities, material stocks, and things like that. So what that says to me is there is a bargain around the corner, sometime soon, and soon in the market to me is 12 months. Um, minimum investment horizons three to five years. So if you need money in the next three to five years, it shouldn't be in stocks. But over and above that, it should be in stocks. I would be screaming like a scream queen from a horror movie if unemployment in the United States was at 6%, 7% and rising. It's not. This is a calming time for me. Let's talk a little bit, and I'm speaking with CFP, Chad Burton, New Focus Financial. He and I do seminars together all the time in the Bay Area. You can find out more at newfocusfinancial.com. Let's talk about index life insurance. What is it? What do we need to know? Well, first of all, I mean, there's there's these waves of seminars that keep popping up with this index universal life insurance. And for a while during the big real estate boom, it was pull equity out of your home and buy index life insurance. And now lately it's some guy that's out there doing these large seminars that are actually pretty well attended about having people cash in their IRAs, fund it into index life insurance, and then take tax-free payments out of it later in life. And so... And they, they sell it as a 7702 plan or a 702 account, which is actually not legal for them to do that. It's just a tax code and that, that allows kind of the way to take some tax-free loans out of um, – tax-free income and then tax-free loans out of insurance. But here's the deal, Rob, on, on these index life insurance policies. Um, what it does is the cash value inside of these life insurance policies works just like an equity index annuity where you get to participate in the upside of the market without the downside risk. So if the market goes up 20%, you might get 8%. If the market goes down 20%, you might get 0 to 1% that year. So some of the upside, cap out on the upside without any downside risk. And, and so people start to look at it and say, oh, that sounded really, really good. But these index life insurance policies have a ton of moving parts. Um, there's a cap rate. In other words, you know how I mentioned the market goes up 20, but you get 8? Well, that 8% cap rate can move up or down. And usually they go down after you buy it. And then there's a participation rate, like 100% of the return of the market up to a cap. And then there's these mortality and expense charges. And then the insurance agent doesn't tell people that, hey, you don't get the dividends, it's just the index movement. That's a big part of the S&P 500, right? I mean, dividends sure. are, are, you know, 2% or so on the S&P 500. If we're expecting kind of low to single-digit total return on the um, S&P 500 for the next year, well, you don't get the dividends. Um, so there's also these mortality and expense charges. There's insurance charges. There's all of these things that can move against you in these index life insurance policies. 
I think it would be an absolute horrendous mistake if people pull money out of their IRAs, pay taxes at today's rate, especially in California, while you're working, shove it into a life insurance policy where there's all these moving parts. And just in order to make this insurance agent that's selling and pitching this stuff, 40 to 50% minimum commission on what you put in in the first year. And uh, so it's, you know, steer clear of these seminars. Um, there's been complaints about it. it. It's not a good idea. And, and if you want, I can tell you what type of person would actually do this and benefit from it, Rob. Okay, but first and foremost, before we go there, one of the things that was a flag to me, you said people, the insurance people are looking to get you to convert your IRA, your 401K to something else. And in that conversion, that's where they're going to make a ton of money. Now, yep. who are the people that are going to benefit? Well, okay, so the only time that this actually works is not by cashing in your IRAs, which is a ridiculous idea. Um, it, let's say you're kind of in the 35 to 50 range, and you're a really high-income earner. You've already maxed out your 401Ks and Roth and backdoor Roth IRAs. You've you built up several years' worth of uh, income in just regular investment accounts and a you know personal brokerage account. Um, you've explored real estate or already owned some, and you still have a bunch of cash value left over, and you're looking for kind of a bond alternative, there are specific policies designed for these high-net-worth people. We're talking about the 1%, you know. The 99% of them, you know, out there would be mad that the 1% can do this. Um, and when we when we do this as fee-only advisors, what we look towards is um, insurance companies or agents that have special um, types of contracts with, different insurance companies, and it's not the average insurance salesman off the street um, that can that can get you these types of policies. There's there are actual agencies that specialize in high net worth. Um, so it's not the, the person that's pitching it at the sales at the seminar. That's not the type of person you want to go to. Um, so and we're talking about very few people. I would say there's a, probably maybe 10 times that I've okayed a situation like this in the last 20 years, Rob, that it would be a good idea. Sure. Um, so, so the, the idea of cashing out and paying taxes to Uncle Sam now just to get an insurance agent to commission is a horrible idea. These policies, they sell them to you on the guaranteed side. There's another side called the non-guaranteed side of the illustration. That's what you have to focus on because that's probably the numbers that you're going to see in the next 10 years. And again, they're sold by insurance people who are obviously making a commission, plus there's management fees tied towards it. Index life insurance. I'd rather people get term life insurance and invest in indexes in the stock market. And that's a cheaper way of doing the same exact thing, getting the upside. If you've got a time horizon, you don't want the insurance. Buy insurance for insurance. Um, any last thoughts, Chad? We've got about 10 seconds. Yeah, this way you have to ask who you're working with. How do you get paid and what's in it for you? That's why you shouldn't get investment advice from people that make a commission. CFP Chad Burton, drop him an email, chat at newfocusfinancial.com. Go find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. Listen to his show here Mondays and Tuesdays on KDOW from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock. Find him at newfocusfinancial.com.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, invested in more. Don't be shy. Call the show, 800-516-1220. I try not to let things freak me out. I totally get where people get freaked out. Um, Whether it be in love, whether it be in investing, whether it be in career. I think things are typically in okay. Um, But that's me. Manufacturing shrinks for the second month in a row in the United States. Manufacturing shrinks in China. There's no doubt that there's some tensions tied towards uh, international economies. And the United States won't be enough to bail everyone out. We consume a lot in the United States, and we make a lot of money. But we won't be able to buy everything from everyone. Markets are down pretty aggressively to start the new year. It's ringing in with a thud. The Santa Claus rally is not there. Historically, it has been, which, again, is one of the reasons why past performance is not indicative of future results. And you should know that. And you should really aggressively get that. Uh, The worst opening day of a year is having the worst opening day of of the year ever. Kind of psychologically gets to you. And some of you are going to want to sell, and I hope you do. Um, I think you should reallocate. I think you should rebalance. I think we've been talking about this for a while, that the stock market was up for six years, and last year was down slightly. Um, You can get yourself caught up in the frenzy. And trust me, a lot of infomercials on radio and television are going to be coming out in the next couple days and telling you, you know, panic, panic, danger, Will Robinson, danger, and do it. I think you'll regret it. Now, could you say to yourself, instead of bonds, which, you know, world economies, if they're struggling, they're going to be paying their debts, i.e. a bond. So should you be buying bonds? Not unless you know what you're doing. Uh, Instead, maybe you should be looking for your dividends from companies like Nike. Not very much going on there at 1%. But the stock's down from its high of 68 down to 61 Expensive stock, hell yes. Great company, yes. Good long-term business, pretty likely. Now, there again, there could be some changing tides and winds, so to speak. I remember a couple of years ago, well, 15 years ago, I moved to the Bay Area and I had Nikes on. And the Bay Area is pretty cool. If you're listening on a national level or international level right now, one of the nicer things about us, there's not a lot of chain restaurants. You kind of have to live in the areas of, um, I would say, the the lower housing values, which can lower, what do you mean? Um, (laughs) Lower compared to the United States or lower compared to the Bay Area? Lower compared to the Bay Area. So if you're looking for a chain restaurant, you have to kind of go, you know, five, ten miles outside of San Francisco or outside the peninsula. It's just tough. Now, again, there's, of course, there's a Cheesecake Factory. But if you go to Iowa, there's Cheesecake Factories everywhere. If you go to the middle of America, the flyover parts, there's chain restaurants everywhere. Applebee's are like considered a good night out, a date night. Uh, so one of the things I like about the Bay Area is I, I moved here 15 years ago. And, you know, when we're in a pair of Nikes, and you would almost think, 
that I've got snakes on my feet because people are going, you should buy Skechers. They're made in America. Or you should buy, you know, American brands. And yeah, I should, but I don't. I've worn Nike for 30 plus years and, you know, I'm a distance runner and I've had no knee or heel issues and I stick with what I know. Um, So, yeah, is Nike expensive? Yeah, but I think they've got a good future. Now, again, do you buy them when they've got a 30 times PE in a market that's contracting? <laughs> Not if you want instant instant returns, no. But over the long term, yeah, if it gets a little bit cheaper, you know, I'll dip another personal toe in and buy more Nike. 2016 has begun on the defensive note. It's a route in China. It's down 6.9%. Now, in the United States, not so much. But, you know, yeah. It's a paper loss at this point in time. The worst thing you can do is turn a paper loss into a real loss and then see things rally or see things go lower. And you're like, woo, I'm right. I'm right. You don't want to be right and you don't want to be wrong. You want to play the game. So, yeah, should you have your portfolio tinkered a little bit more defensive? Yeah, if you've been listening to this show for the last, you know, 15 years, we don't always go higher. And there are opportunities when things go lower. Um so some of the best bargains you get, and Wall Street is, let me use this phrase, just so it just really gets pounded home. Wall Street is a discounting mechanism. So Disney with a 20 times PE, it's discounting, you know, uh, it's more expensive than the market, but it's also saying it's more expensive than the market as a company because, well, hell, they got Avengers movies and they've got Disney, uh, they've got Pixar movies and they've got, you know, uh, Marvel movies coming out. You know, Ant-Man was a big hit. Will there be an Ant-Man 2? Yeah, there'll be an Ant-Man 2 with a built-in audience. Will it be as good as the Avengers? No, 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 no. Um, just throwing it out there for you. It's a discounting mechanism. And the difference between the last day, December 31st, 2015, and January 1st, 2016, I know that's not the date the market were open, but the difference is there's a little bit more risk. Uh, Saudi Arabia executed a lot of people over the weekend, including a Shiite cleric who they basically said, hey, he was you know, preaching war. And the proponents of him were saying, no, he's teaching, teaching you know, peace. Um, so will there be a retaliation in Saudi Arabia? I think there might. And Saudi Arabia has oil and lots of it. Um, 2016 will be an interesting year for Chipotle. Chipotle. Restaurants chains downgraded to perform from outperform. They think, Oppenheimer does, that the E. coli problem is going to, instead of everyone going, wow, I really like this food, it's incredibly tasty and cheap, cost, not quality, people will be saying, you know, did you hear that story about Chipotle? And it'll take about a year to, for that hangover to, to play out, maybe a little bit longer. Lululemon, upgraded to buy from hold. Um, very good fundamentals in the athleisure. Execution is not always perfect at Lululemon. They had that sheer um, uh, pants issue. And I, I say, that's not a problem for me. But for women who wanted to be a little bit more discreet about what they were wearing under their sheer yoga pants, it was a problem. So they do have some missteps on occasion. So Wells Fargo upgraded the stock to outperform from market performance, saying it's confident it can hit its profit margin goals. 
Tesla said that they came in with 50,580 vehicles for 2015, hitting their goals. Disney's Star Wars The Force Awakens is marching towards $2 billion. It's on pace to break the all-time box office record held by Avatar in the coming week. In the coming week. It still has legs. Um, how much? Well, $88 million is a lot less than, you know, um, their first weekend or the second weekend. But I think they still have legs. So, uh, Yahoo! Shareholders are losing patience with Marissa Mayer, according to an article in the New York Post. The paper said the activist shareholder starboard value plans to nominate a new board. I would imagine she's done by the end of 2016. This will be a year that if I were to throw down one prediction, uh, Yahoo will either be taken private or they will relieve Ms. Mayer of her duties. Pandora was downgraded to neutral from buy today. Uh, SunTrust, a big analyst firm, they said they're... Increasing investments will weigh on profits in the near term. Pandora's subject of negative Barron's article over the weekend, which said the online radio services face increased competition from the likes of Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Microsoft, and Google's parent company, Alphabet. Uh, down the road, I think Pandora gets acquired. It's just a very difficult company to keep relevant. Now, they've also made some relationships with some ticketing companies, which is smart and intelligent. You know, hey, you're sitting at your desk, you're listening to Pandora, you see that, you know, your favorite song from The Killers comes on, you're like, hey, I haven't, I'd like to see them in concert this year, let's see where they're playing. Cha-ching! You can get a, a sale that way. Apple had a pretty down 2015. Not terribly down, but for the stock, people were underwhelmed. They came out with a lot of product in 2015, including the Apple Watch, including Apple Music, they upgraded their iPad, their iPhone. This year, what will they do? Probably more of the same. Will they finally get a TV video product out to compete with Netflix? Maybe. But so far, nothing. Uh, there's a lot of buzz about an iPhone 7. Um, there's also a lot of buzz about Apple coming out with a 4-inch phone, uh, making a comeback, going with smaller phones. For And again, I, I say this is incredibly sexist. Some of my female friends like the smaller phone. They're not checking sports scores. They're not, you know, using the, the video components. So why not have a smaller phone um, with better technology? So a better camera, two lenses, waterproof. You know, those are some of the stories. Apple Watch 2 will be out, probably launched in March 2016. iPad upgrades, especially noted on the iPad Pro for the enterprise and or retail side of the world. Apple stores will continue to go upscale, um, kind of a luxury makeover, so to speak, from Burberry boss Angela Earhart, who was brought in in 2014 to come in and help the company sell, you know, fancy French uh, technology devices, is the way that I would refer to it. Um, virtual reality, some of one of the companies that Apple recently bought was a company called FaceShift, which was used in Star Wars, in the recent Star Wars film. You're going to see a lot of talk about virtual reality in 2016 with Facebook and with Google and with Apple. Um, should be a good year. Should be another interesting year, to say the least. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. There must be something in the water. And there must be something about your daughter. She said, I love you nothing but a monster. I love you nothing but a monster with two hands. 
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. May the mouse be with you. That's right. Yet another conversation about Star Wars and the impact on Disney. There's a twist at the end of the story, so be ready for it. May the mouse be with you. The force is strong with this one and lucrative. Analysts are talking, you know, Disney and Star Wars, and it looks like it's going to hit well over $2 billion. Uh, It had another strong weekend. One analyst is calling for $3 million. Now, I don't really want to get caught up in Han and Luke and Disney, uh, Daisy, Ray, or I, I don't know all the new names. Um, <laughs> Finn, I got, I can pull that one out. Chewbacca, don't want to get too caught up in that. Because the beauty about Star Wars movies is that they're owned by Disney now. All of them, except for Episode Four. Episode Four, the digital rights are still, I believe, with Lucas, but all the other ones, one, two. Three, five, six, and now seven are owned by Disney. And I grew up loving Star Wars. You know, I, I saw it. It was my way of bonding with other kids, whether it be a Star Wars lunchbox, a Star Wars t-shirt. I didn't have intelligent conversation when I was seven. I had t-shirts that said, this is what I believe in. This is how you can define me. Star Wars is Disney property, a lot like Cinderella's Disney property. And Cinderella hasn't worked in 60 years. And you think labor laws are bad? In the current scenario, think about that for a second. Disney owns Cinderella, and she's in some basement right now mopping, and a couple weeks from now, she'll be put on a glass slipper. I go back to myself as a child, Star Wars. Now I'm 40-plus. Most of my friends are 40-plus, and they're all taking their kids to see Star Wars because it reminds them of their childhood. It's something we could talk to our kids about. You know, hey, what do you think about good versus evil? Is, you know, was it? Darth Vader, was he just too, was the Anakin, was he too aggressive that he, he lost the focus? Uh, did he convert to evil too quickly? Should you, like, it, you see there's a bonding thing there. And with some moms, you know, they remember seeing Cinderella or um, some of the other Disney characters. Um, the, what was the, help me here, Beauty and the Beast, um, Belle, um, maybe it's the, um, the girl underwater, this, I don't even know her name, <laughs> Little Mermaid. You can go, you know, to the ice princesses now, um, Anna and Elsa. So you see, like, the people who are seeing that today in 20 years when they have kids, they're going to show it to their kids. So Disney has these properties that they're going to roll out for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, and years to come. And I don't know if it goes to another generation. So let's say when I'm 60, 65, and my kid's are having kids, am I going to take the grandchildren? Are the kids going to take the children? Like, It's a big concept to chew on, right? Um, and will it become nostalgic to the point that it's bad? Eh, I think Disney's going to you know, pull the cash machine on this one, the lever, quite a few times. Then you get into, and again, seeing episode seven, some parents are now like, yeah, I got all. I, I went to Apple iTunes and I got all six movies and I watched them, you know, one through six with my kid and then got them prepped for seven. Again, one through six have been made. They've been produced. The costs that were front loaded are gone. Now they're digital. 
and you're paying sometimes 10, 20 bucks for the movies. A couple of years ago, you're paying 80, 90 bucks. Woo, things have come down there, right? But then Disney also has this thing called merchandising. And that's where they're making even more money. You know, BB-8 toys. So they're not making the toy. They're just saying, hey, toy maker, if you want to make it, we'll get a cut of the action. And you see the movie and you want the BB-8 toy, your kid screams at you, you give it to them for Christmas um, or their birthday. Um, so the issue with Disney is even the force can't protect ESPN. That's the thought. You know, Disney has the best IP content creation and exploitation machine in the media industry, whether it be with uh, Anna and Elsa, whether it be with Frozen, whether it be with The Little Mermaid, um, uh, Pixar movies. You know, they're coming out with another Toy Story movie. They're going to come out with another Inside Out. They're going to come out with another Frozen. They're going to, like, you know that they're going to do this again and again and again. And they also own Marvel and the Avengers. And, uh, you know, this Halloween, you're going to see kids dressed as Star Wars characters. You're going to see kids dressed as the Avengers characters. You're going to see kids dressed as Pixar characters. And 20 years from now, they're going to be taking their kids to see these movies again. Just my opinion. And I'm assuming that eight-year-old kids, when they're 28, they'll be having kids. Um, but essentially the problem with Disney, and this is just me being honest as a guy tried to tell you, like, this is how you could look at things. Or you could choose not to and just be putting your head in the sand. Essentially, Disney has a lot of costs sunk into sports because um, they own ESPN. And these are not costs that are, like, easy to back out of. Um, these are pretty sunk costs. So Disney's going to have to, you know, they've overbid on some things, and they've also um, bid on some projects that they didn't want just to keep them out of the hands of NBC and Fox. ESPN down the road, I think, will be probably be spun off from Disney. Because people are concerned with people cutting the cords and not needing that. With that said, there's also big opportunities. I don't think live sports are going to go away. I don't think the demand's going to go away. Have they peaked in what we're willing to pay for them or what advertisers can get out of it? Some people think they have. The uh, NFL probably can't eke out any more viewers than it already has. Um so that's a little bit of the hang on Disney. So you don't fall in love with the Star Wars story alone. Love it. Absolutely. That's a flag. You get it. They're going to monetize this to high hack. Um, I'm looking at Disney now as the stock continues to drop because I like buying great companies on discount when markets go lower. Again, this strategy not appropriate for everyone. Consult a broker advisor before taking on any, um, any action on anything mentioned. But again, just try to like figure out your flags, positive flag, negative flag, revenue, earnings, valuation, um, CEO. Uh, what's the lineup of movies coming out? Next year, they've got a very impressive lineup of movies coming out, including another Star Wars movie down the road. You're going to start coming out with them again in May, May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. Find me at robblackshow.com. Take a break. Be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.